0: You know, six weeks ago, I don't think I'd ever heard the term "hawkish pause" before, but Rob Kaplan used it. Rob Kaplan is a former CEO of the Dallas Federal Reserve and vice chair of Goldman Sachs. And by golly, when the Federal Reserve had its June 14th meeting, that's exactly what we had—a hawkish pause. Rob Kaplan joins us again right now. Good to have you with us, sir.
1: Good to talk with you, David.
0: So I, the the, the now, the implication that I got was. Now, we're, we're not going to hike interest rates this time, but by golly, we're sure going to next time. That's what I heard from the Fed.
1: Yeah. It, it, the dot plot indicated that they're going to raise the Fed funds rate somewhere between one and two times this year. But people have to remember that dot plot is not a commitment to raise rates. It's the best guess that participants have sitting there today. They might change their mind a week or two from now. And if you judge from the reaction of the bond market, I'm not sure the bond market is convinced that they're going to do a lot more than where they are now. Oh, no,
0: no, no. Interest rates actually went down after that After that, that statement came out. That's really
1: astounding. Well, I was looking at the three-month and the six-month, and you're right, the short rate was a little lower. The, the I think the three and six months were a touch higher. But the point is... Uh, I think people expected a hawkish pause. The market had priced in a hawkish pause, and that's what they got. And I don't think they were flabbergasted by the fact that dot plot showed one or two more increases.
0: So one thing that we, would, I think we heard in there, and I'd seen a Bloomberg article about, is there seemed to be less concern about wage inflation. That maybe that was not playing as much of a role. And that's one of the things that that they were really worried about is is prices, you know, having to pay people more money because you couldn't find workers
1: yeah i actually think they should still be worried about that particularly in the service sector particularly among workers making fifty thousand dollars a year or less the average wage numbers have softened but i think that data may be a touch misleading because it includes all types of workers i think if you broke out fifty thousand and less I'm not sure we still don't have wage pressures because people can't make ends meet. But time will tell on that.
0: So so if you were still sitting around that table and going back in six weeks from now to, to vote again, what would you watch during the interim? What, what should we be watching that gives us a clue?
1: Well, you, you've heard me say this. Uh, good sector is softer. Service sector is surprisingly strong. Um I think the thing that is not being focused on sufficiently is the role of fiscal policy. And I'll say it again, the American Rescue Act money, the Inflation (laughs) Reduction Act money, the infrastructure money, it's spent by the federal government, but it is not spent uh, in the economy. A lot of that money, particularly ARPA is a good example, the uh, American Rescue Act, is sitting in local bank accounts in Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, uh, and in cities and states all across the country, and I can tell you there are projects coming uh, over the next year or so using that money. Uh, that money's got to be spent by the end of twenty four; you lose it, and it's increasing demand for goods and services, and it means the economy's not as slow as you'd think it would be with all these rate increases. And that, that stimulus is going to be with us for a little while longer, and that may be a reason while the Fed may need to do one or two more rate increases, and that would influence my thinking, too. Fiscal policy is offsetting, to some extent, monetary policy.
0: Tom Lee, who you probably know, uh, used to be a JPMorgan Chase, now he's the head of uh, investment research at Fundstat. He had an interesting commentary. He said one of the things he said is that the biggest jump at the CPI was in June of 22, and the way they do it, they do a rolling average, and it's about to roll off. And so right. that the inflation right now, instead of being something a little bit over four, would be more like three simply because of the recalculation. Now, that's, what the, that's, that's a big jump toward what the Fed wants of a
1: 2%. It is. And th- this is why I felt strongly we ought to let the dust clear. You've got conflicting signals here uh you, you've got uh the t- treasury general account needs to get filled up what effect will that have small mid-sized banks as you and I've talked about are tougher on their lending how does that affect the economy you've got uh this government spending i just talked about but you've got some improvement in the goods sector and so you got a bunch of cross currents and in that situation we're down to tactics now uh you know, a big strategic decision is whether to start raising rates and to stop stop uh, buying bonds. The, the, what we're st- dealing with now is not a big strategic decision. It's a tactical debate. Is it one or two more? Is it zero? Though It's not that it's unimportant, but we're down to the short strokes on this. And so when you're down to the short strokes, fine, slow down, take your time, make sure you don't make a mistake, and you have the luxury of being able to do that. Uh, But I think that's the debate we're having right now. It's a smaller debate. But you know where
0: I'm seeing debate that I normally don't see it is is in the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee itself. I mean, you are an outlier occasionally would, you know, you'd be a dissenting vote, but there'd be one or two or something. But I mean, this you look at the spread here. Now, it was unanimous to pause. But yeah. you know, you've got nine more saying that they want two hikes. Some want three. Some want four hikes. They're going out yeah. and making speeches and contradicting yeah. each. I mean, they're not. They're not all speaking with one voice.
1: Yeah, they're not. But again, uh, inflection points are are times where you want a lot of debate and disagreement. And you usually don't get it at the Fed. They tend to follow the chair. I, I was an unusual outlier as we talked about in, in late 2020. Uh, you can have a ferocious debate right now over one or two or zero. Uh, I think we can live with that debate. I don't think it's unproductive because it's about zero, one, one or two. It's not a, mo- it's not as monumental a debate as a lot of other things we could be debating right now. Uh, and so uh, I think it's fine, this kind of disagreement.
0: You know, this is, this occurs to me, this is a really remarkable economy. We have gone up five percentage points in a very short period of time. We have seen the inflation rate not come as low as, as they want, but come way, way down. And if I've got the gauge that I watch every day is the stock market, and it's resilient, the the, the retailers still seem to be, you know, Full and and airplanes, you can't get on an airplane. People are still right. spending money.
1: Yeah, and one of the reasons they're spending money is we are about to run a two trillion dollar deficit in the United States in, in this coming year. We we've got the fiscal spigot is 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 by historical standards is wide open wide open to be running a two billion dollar deficit or about eight or nine percent of GDP pre recession i would guess is historic so this isn't coming free Uh, this is being financed by lots of government spending uh and i think people shouldn't be as surprised this government money is still in the system it still hasn't been spent and it's an it's sizable and so we're not all this prosperity is not coming for free it's coming with higher debt for our kids and our grandkids, and we should just keep that in mind.
0: Well, no, wait. This was one of the debates that came up during the the uh, the uh, the budget extensions that that there were that there was unspent monies, and they were trying to pull that back in. Can some of this money be pulled back in, or is it it's just no. out there and it's a sort of damocles?
1: No, this the, the see the budget ceiling debate was about the money that hadn't yet been spent by the federal government. Here's the money I'm talking about. I'm talking about money that has been spent by the federal government, but it has not been spent yet by the city of Dallas, city of Fort Worth, uh, state of Kansas, where I'm from. I can tell you authoritatively, because I'm talking to a lot of these leaders throughout the country locally, they've got big projects they haven't even begun yet, they wouldn't be able to do these big projects without the ARPA money, which is kind of the—I hate to say—dumb equity, but a little bit. It's the cheap equity that makes these projects possible, and these projects are going to have a, are having a meaningful impact on greater demand for goods, services, and workers. Uh, and I can tell you that firsthand in my travels. In these conversations, somebody, university chancellor, tells me they're planning a big project, and I said, "Wow!" They said, "We wanted to do it for thirty years, but now we can." Cities and states are flush with money right now. I don't think they've ever been more flush, and I think we need to be. I think we need to be more cognizant of what's going on here uh, because we're we're going to pay for it uh, because we've got to moderate our debt growth in in the years ahead. I would guess.
0: So. One last question. What we were talking about six weeks ago also was the banking crisis. And and that seems to have, at least it's not on the front pages anymore, it seems to have calmed down. But one of the arguments was that these higher interest rates, these escalating interest rates, have really have depressed the value of the investments that the banks have on their books. And it makes them worse. So is it okay to jack up interest rates another half point by the end of the year?
1: What's it do to the banking system? So remember, the problem the banks have been having is they have to pay more. Every time you raise the Fed funds rate, they have to pay more for the deposits. Second, the investments they've made, which are worth 80 or 85, those are in long-term treasuries out the curve. I would guess that the Fed, in these last few rate increases, they haven't had much effect on the 10-year treasury. They've had some, but not dollar for dollar. Uh, They have that effect on bank uh, deposit costs. The bank crisis is off the front pages, but the bank situation is in a quiet phase. You've heard me say this. Every bank I talk to, as we talked before, uh, is has been is disciplining their loan book. Is they're making loans, but they're being much more careful. It's harder for a small, mid-sized business, certainly in certain industries, to get a loan now. That is going on right now, but that bomb has already gone off. That horse has left the barn and so the industry is just dealing with it and the industry is relatively less well capitalized than we thought it was 3 months ago most you look at any public company bank i think with the exception of j p morgan it's hard to find one trading at more than book value they're le- they have less capital than we thought they had
0: wow this um it's a fascinating story. If you follow the economy, this one's a page-turner, and I can't wait to see what's in the next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Kaplan uh, is our guest today. We always appreciate your your insight. You, you make it a lot easier to understand. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, David. Thanks for more of a conversation. Go to com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.